Welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Hi, everyone. I am so excited. Today, I have Robert Hanna here, my good friend. He is the founder and CEO of Casey Partners, which is a legal recruitment firm. And he's also the host of the Legally Speaking podcast that is ranked in the top 2.5% of all podcasts globally. Robert, welcome. Oh, you're far too kind. It's an absolute honor and pleasure to be here, Dimple. I'm super excited to be part of your show. So thank you so much for, for having me. Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to this. I've been wanting to interview you for my podcast for a while. We met on Clubhouse and we become like best buddies from like the US and you're in the UK and the power of just building collaborations. We met on Clubhouse and I want to go into a little backstory because I've been meaning to ask you this. I'm trying to think back of the exact moment of how you, me, Sarah, and Shireen met on Clubhouse because for those of you guys who don't know the backstory, we call ourselves the Four Musketeers and we moderate a lot of rooms together on Clubhouse in the legal industry. But how did it all start? I'm trying to think back, Robert. So I think I, I definitely first met you on Clubhouse because I was in one of your amazing marketing rooms. I think I was just in the hallway and I bumped into one of your rooms and I was like, wow, you're offering so much advice to legal lawyers about how they can market, how they can do so well, what they need to do with Instagram Reels. And I was like, this is amazing. I need to do more collaborations with you. And then I knew of Sarah previously through LinkedIn. And I think I just yeah. got to know Shireen through other rooms. And then we all just came together. I think we must have all been in one of my rooms or your rooms eventually. I think so. And then you came up with the mastermind idea of creating the Four Musketeers. And it's been an absolute blast ever since. And I love it. And I think we've got a lovely spread of skills and experience and it's awesome. So I love it. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm a little bummed that we didn't think of naming one of our clubs, the Four Musketeers. We might have to start another new club. And that one doesn't necessarily have to be about legal topics. That might be something we might do like in July or August. We should talk about that. We really should, because you mentioned before the art of collaboration and coming together, and it's so, so important. I wouldn't have been able to grow or made the connections I had if we hadn't collaborated and we hadn't got involved with Shireen and Sarah. So yeah, I, I'm all for that, and I would love that. It'll be so much fun. Yeah, and you know, Shireen and Sarah are amazing. Shireen is in Canada, and Sarah's in the UK, and I think they'll be so delighted that we're talking about them on my podcast because they will listen, and they're actually mentioned in the podcast. But no, it, it's been great, really. Robert, I think the beauty of Clubhouse for me is the relationships that we've been able to build from all over the world. I mean, how would I have ever met you? And, I, and, I, and I'm pretty sure, Robert, I probably have seen your podcast um, on Apple before I even knew who you were. And then when I met you, I'm like, wow, that's really impressive. And just the fact that we're friends now, I think that's just such a cool thing. And today I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about like podcasting. You guys we are going to be talking about how Robert Hanna got his podcast to rank in the top two and a half percent of all podcasts globally, because that is not an easy thing to do. 
So we're going to get into that. But before we do, Robert, I would love it if you could give the audience a little bit more introduction and tell them who you are, what you do, and what you've been up to lately. Yeah, thank you, Dimple. So for those of you who don't know, so my name is uh, is Rob Hanna. Day to day, I own a legal recruitment and headhunting firm based in London, but we operate around the world. And what we aim to do is help lawyers transform their careers by securing their dream jobs. So we do a lot of work servicing some of the top international law firms, but we also work with a number of national and boutique and virtual firms, which is a massive trend that's happening in the legal space right now. On top of all my legal work, legal recruiting work, I'm also a legal content creator. I'm an investor. I speak for a number of legal societies, the Law Society here in the UK, and a number of notified other groups. And I've also recently been listed on LinkedIn's top 100 rising stars, which I'm super happy about and the one to watch for, for 2021. And as you very kindly mentioned, Dimple, one of my main passions is podcasting and I host the Legally Speaking podcast. And where, what we try to do with that is to entertain, educate and inspire and what we're using our voice and message to help array, raise, if I can get my words out, important topics connected to the legal sector. So that is anything from mental health, diversity and inclusion, through to legal technology, careers advice, and a lot more. So my mission really is to build a worldwide collaborative legal community, hence why you and I have been collaborating together as well, Dimple, to reduce a lot of the stigmas connected to my overall profession, which is recruitment, through which I've been fortunate enough to have built teams, amassed millions of pounds in sales, and now spend a lot of my time mentoring and helping future recruiters as well. And on top of that, as you mentioned, we're both on Clubhouse. So I have my Legally Speaking Club, which I run alongside my podcast, which is a strategy we've adopted, which we can talk about a little bit more shortly. And I also the super proud porent to Little Otto, who is my miniature dash hound and best friend. And he is on Instagram if anyone wants to check him out as well. At Otto Miniature Dash Hound. So that's me. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. We we gotta get Otto in there. But really, Robert, like all of that is so impressive and congrats. I just think that you're just such a dynamic person and that's why I feel honored to to have met you and become friends. And even though we've never met in real life, right? But there's so many people on Clubhouse that we've formed these close relationships and friendships with that we haven't met yet in real life. And I can't wait for the day when even if Clubhouse would do like an official meetup somewhere like in California or New York and like everybody from the UK, everybody from Canada, they can all come together in one place and meet. I think that's just going to be such a magical and happy moment for all of us that have been collaborating and we've spent hours together in rooms and having different discussions and topics and building up people and inspiring people. And and that's another thing that you have been able to do through your podcast. And let's dive into that. I've got so many things I, I want to ask you today about your podcast. First of all, how long have you had your podcast, Robert? So we have been going until uh, we launched in October 2019. So we've been going ever since then, 
showing up weekly producing episodes and content. So that would be my first top tip. If you're going to start a podcast, you have to ensure that you are consistent because we definitely didn't start in the top two and a half percent. It took a lot of time. So yes, I would say it was October 2019. The idea before that was probably three to six months, but it took a bit of time. Um, now there's a lot more resources available where you can get started a lot quicker. But yeah, I would say it was October 2019 where we first started. Okay, amazing, amazing. So since we're talking about the topic of, you're saying it took you some time to rank in the top two and a half percent, can you walk me through and our audience a little bit about how long did it take you to start getting, say, in the top 50% and then the top 25% and the top 10%? Do you recall the process of what that looked like and how that happened? Yeah, I, I think it was it was gradual. So we run our podcasts in seasons. And as you know, Dimple, you can do a different number of ways. You can just have episodes. You can do it as shorts. You can have wherever you like. But we run it in seasons. So we're now on our season four. And I would say it was at the start of season four where we're 10 to 15 episodes in already, that's when we really started to hit the, the big time. So I would say before that, the first one to three seasons, we were ranking well and we were well known, but we weren't as internationally known and we didn't have quite the level of success that we did now. If I was to offer some initial things that I think we did well, which helped us get off to a really good start. And so the first thing I would say that we did is we had a community come on to do our first show. So I'm a big believer in disruption. So I own a legal recruitment firm. I did not see a competitor of mine back when we started okay. um, doing our podcast have a podcast. So I thought, okay, that's a great way for us to talk to our audience, to attract candidates and attract clients, to use it as a B2B and B2C tool and add value and be known as thought leaders in the space. And so what we did with our first guest is we brought on two people who were head of distinguished legal societies who had a network of about 10,000 people. So as you'll wow. know, um, Dimple, the whole art of podcasting is, is the redistribution and ensuring that your guests share the show and you get right. into their ecosystems as well. So we were really strategic in terms of the first few guests we brought onto the show because ultimately we recorded our first show and we had someone that wasn't a known body and they didn't have much of a following and they didn't right. have much of a social media presence. It's far harder to get started. So we were really strategic in terms of the initial guests and that helped us get off to a flying start and they had big social media budgets and pushed it for us as well. So that was a super helpful way to, to have a launch pad to start. Yeah, I love that you were strategic about it. I think this is the one thing that I always talk about on Clubhouse and I always tell everyone is it's really important to have a strategy, you know, in everything that you do. And if you don't have a strategy, like it's really hard to be successful. You really need to know your purpose. You need to know your why. You need to know the how and you need to know what outcome you're looking for out of different things. And I think that that was really smart that you did that because that's definitely a factor i'm sure that's contributed to your podcast being ranked in the top two and a half percent and not just in your country but globally that's a big achievement and even though you may be like oh it's not because people always talk down when it comes to themselves but when they hear it from other people it's like oh well maybe i did do such a great job you know what are your thoughts were you super excited when that happened, was it something that from the beginning, from day one, 
when you launch your podcast, was that a goal of yours or did that goal come down the line? I would say it came down the line. But for me, the overarching goal in terms of, as you mentioned, we tried to be strategic is we wanted to have the podcast as a, a thought leadership tool where we could ensure that we got more inbound leads to the business. So we produce valuable audio and video content through the podcast, which would mean if you were a active or passive lawyer looking for a new job, you would come to us because we've been producing all of this valuable content. And so we've already started to build a relationship with you without having that conversation. So it's helped us be more digital and have a better community and drive more inbound leads. That was the initial goal. But as you know, when you get into podcasting, things can can go from strength to strength. And then we suddenly saw ourselves going through the charts. We thought, why shouldn't we keep pushing? Why shouldn't we try and keep going better? I would just like to talk on some of the mistakes I've made, because I think podcasting is an evolution. I, we didn't 100% get it right when we first started. So a lot about this on Clubhouse. But the one tip I would say to people is to really understand what your topic of influence is when you first start your podcast. Because, But when we first started, we probably kept it a little bit too broad. And as you know, uh, the riches are in the niches as, as well described, that you really need to make sure that you have a show that is tailored to that niche market. And that topic of influence is those one or two words that people are going to search for where they have a pain point and your show is going to be the relevant solution to them. So for us with the Legally Speaking podcast, we are all about careers advice and lawyers. So it's very, very strategic in terms of the two things we want to be known for because the careers obviously lends itself nicely to the funnel for our recruitment business and lawyers right. are who we're speaking to day to day in and out, be it from a candidate or client perspective. So we really doubled down on that. And ever since we tailored our content even more, we found that our show statistics went up and up. I think sometimes when you niche down, you're likely to get a more engaged audience. You know, they're really actually interested in the content that you're producing and they're going to continue coming back because you're speaking directly to them and they can relate to that. Absolutely. And one of the biggest sea changes, Dimple, and before uh -huh. the pandemic, we did all of our podcast recordings face to face. We didn't even think about Zoom. We didn't even think about all of this. We didn't even think it was really a thing. I know that sounds crazy. Where was this? Like a studio or what? We did it in my office in London, central London. So we didn't, because we also wanted the experience for our guests. If we're having prestigious guests come on, we bought the microphones, we'd do videos. I'd have my editor take some photos and do a video snippet for it as well. So it was the whole experience of not only being on the podcast, but the extra materials, make them a glass of champagne, would make them feel really, really special as a guest. And so that, that really helped in terms of them, A, having a positive experience, B, wanting to share it, and see knowing they've got follow-up materials. But obviously, ever since the pandemic's happened, we've now shifted everything to audio and video online. But the beauty of that is now we can have guests from around the world. And why I've been so interested in Clubhouse is what you talked about earlier, is the global connectivity that you, know, you and I had never met before, but you're one of the most incredible people, one of the kindest people, one of the most knowledgeable marketeers and digital marketing people I've met. Um, it's wonderful. So for us, now it's super, super easy for us to basically get access to guests around the world and increase our portfolio of clients, uh, sorry, guests, just at the touch of a button. So it's brilliant. And that's helped us massively. Yeah. Oh, my God. And thank you so much for the kind words. And 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the experience you were creating for them. And I think that that was really cool that you're creating this experience that nobody else was probably doing, right? And when they came into your office for the podcast interview, you made them feel special. You made them feel like a VIP. And, and I think that's really cool. So my question is, now that everything is online and you're doing it via Riverside.fm, how do you create that same experience now? Or is it a different experience? What are you doing now to have a similar type of experience? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we make sure they go away with a positive experience. So there's a few things that we do. We always like to make sure we're as researched as possible when people come onto the show. So we will make sure that we have a few minutes of initial chat showing that we know about them, their career, what they've been up to, scroll through all of their relevant content. So we'll be asking really personal, but making them feel special that, hey, I've seen that you featured on two other podcasts recently. We love the fact that you shared those insights on this. So we research the guests thoroughly. So when they come into the actual podcast recording online, that they feel comfortable, they're relaxed, and they know that they're the special one. It's their special day. It's their special moment. And then there's other things that we do that we couldn't do as easily before. We make sure that they do a video recording after the recording to say, hey, I've just featured on the Legally Speaking podcast. I've been talking about X, Y, and Z. You can check it out below. And then we'll create that video snippet and put their own branding if they're trying to promote a cause or they have a business or they have a, a handle that they're developing and would make it as a collaboration material so then they can share it out as well. But it's something that's very special and unique to them. And that wasn't something we did before. We didn't do any sort of feature videos when people have been on the show. So I like that extra idea that we do. And there's just other little things that we make sure when they come onto the podcast, we make sure that we go all in on telling them how much we're going to do for them once the show's finished in terms of all the layers from transcripts to show notes to embed codes to the follow-up strategy to the waveforms to the snippets we make them know that their time the hour that they're giving us is going to be the most optimized hour of their time for their personal brand their community as possible so they don't just go away thinking i've just been on another podcast and i had a recording and that's it. We let them know that we're going to go above and beyond to make it an absolute masterpiece for them and make them feel special. Hope that helped. Totally. I love that. It's basically like they're literally getting like a press release and they're getting all this publicity. And basically all they had to do is come on your podcast and do a show. And then you're doing everything else to promote them and to really send them like all this collateral and make it super easy for them to share it with their audience. And and I think that's really that's really strategic as well, because I think the easier you can make it for your guests to share the episodes and also give them something that visually they're like, wow, like put them in the spotlight, right? Because they're your guest and you want to make them feel special. And I think that you guys are doing a really great job of that. Like you're doing an amazing job of highlighting them and saying, hey, thank you so much for being on my podcast and I appreciate you. And I want to put you in the spotlight. So I think that's just amazing, Robert. Yeah, and it's so important because, as I mentioned before, when we first started, podcasts were around, but they weren't as apparent as they are now. Podcasts are, are everywhere, and they're, they're almost a necessity now. I think we would agree in terms of business. So when we used to first, people used to get really excited about coming to the office, and it's an exclusive experience. I've been invited on a podcast because most people had never been on a podcast before. 
fast forward to today, most people have probably been on a podcast. So you need to have something that's going to make them feel extra special so they don't just feel it was another podcast. I remember being on the Legally Speaking podcast. And what I liked about it was X, Y, and Z. That's where they've had a positive experience. So yeah, that's just my add on to that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So positive experience. I love that. All right, we're going to take it back a little bit. So I want to know is like, what inspired you initially to to start a podcast? What was your inspiration? What was your why? Great question. So I mentioned before, so my, my day to day is I have a legal recruitment firm. Recruitment sector by itself is exceptionally competitive. The legal recruitment sector is even more competitive. And so when I launched my business, I was up against competitors that have been going for 40, 50 years who had extensive databases, bigger teams than me. They were more established. They had more clients than me. They had more marketing budget than me. They had everything that I didn't have, right? But the one thing that I noticed was they were not really flexing the power of digital and they were not flexing the power of podcasting, which, as I say, back then wasn't as apparent, particularly in the recruitment sector. Podcasts were everywhere in most other sectors, particularly in the marketing and retail, et cetera, et cetera. But in the recruitment space, there was very few. Not one of my competitors was doing what I was doing. So what I wanted to do was create a disruptive platform, which means we could penetrate the market to get noticed. So podcasting was definitely a way that I could do that because none of my competitors were doing it. They were just doing a lot of the traditional activities of putting out adverts. They were doing cold calling to their clients. They were doing all of the things that have been going for decades, but what they weren't doing, as I say, is podcasting. So I wanted to use this as a way that could amplify our voice and get us noticed. And as you know, Dimple, podcasts are global. They go out across the world if you put them on Apple, Spotify, Google. So it was a great way for us to increase our visibility and get noticed and communicate to our community early and start building a community because now we are not a traditional recruitment firm where we're building a database. We are building a long-term established community. And I'm a big believer if you do that correctly, then the money and all of the other things that come to that will come down the line. So that was one of the main passions is trying to basically be different from our competitors, stand out and have a vehicle of value that's going to be noticeable in our marketplace. And that was really our why. And as a result of that, we've had some great high profile visibility. We've done a lot more deals we've had a lot more exposure and it's gone from strength to strength not without a lot of hard work but that was really the why is to give the business the boost to stand out from our competitors yeah and I think podcasting is definitely a great way for any business or brand to really take their brand and elevate it to the next level as you mentioned it's a global reach right you can reach an audience all over the world now do you have to still promote your podcast and market it absolutely like I always do rooms on Clubhouse about podcast marketing, because even if you have a podcast and you put it out there, you're not going to just magically get a ton of traffic. You have to work at that. You have to be consistent in having episodes published on a regular basis. You have to have quality guests. You have to have quality topics. So all of that is important. And Robert, what stands out to me with everything you shared is that it's about building the community. And I think that you've done a great job of building a community. And when you build a community, you build loyal followers and those followers will continue to follow you wherever you go. They're going to continue to come back to you. They're going to continue, for example, to listen to this podcast episode because they have become a loyal follower and someone who really is a fan and they love you. 
and they love your content. And that's what I think everyone should strive towards is creating a community of loyal followers that really are there for you and they will go wherever you go. It's not about if you were to work in corporate, like it's not about who you go to work for, what you do, like it's about you. And that's why we have done so many rooms on Clubhouse too about building a personal brand because a building a personal brand is so valuable. And one of the best ways, in my opinion, Robert, to build a personal brand is through podcasting. I think it's an amazing platform. I think audio is really, really taking off. When you think about all of these audio apps like Clubhouse and Spotify Greenroom, and there's going to be over 35 apps by the end of this year, more apps in terms of audio. And I think that it's a time where people are meant to share their stories and share their journeys and share their knowledge and skills with the world so that everyone can benefit. I think that's the key here. Yeah, and there's some great points you mentioned there. And and we're of the age of the micro-influencer as well, right? You know, these platforms that are emerging like Clubhouse are to give people a voice. You don't have to have one million followers on Instagram. If you've got a mouth, a message, and a microphone, you can do a podcast and you can be powerful. And I would agree with what you said around personal brand being the podcast. I wouldn't have been in, I wouldn't have had enough content for my LinkedIn to have built my personal brand to get to the sort of top 100 right stars without having things like my podcast to give me content so I can talk to my community so I can service them I can show up regularly I can be consistent I can actually add value to them so I love that a couple of other things that we've done to really amplify our podcast which I really think is uh, a smooth move by us if I may say so myself is having podcast ambassadors so what I mean by that is we are the legally speaking podcast we went to the next generation the future lawyers why did we do that because they have the digital social media skills and ability to help amplify our podcast they also want us because we as our legacy business is legal recruitment so we can help give them careers advice job opportunities and help them secure a role in the future and help them with applications so it's a great value exchange we're taking their expertise their networks they're talking to their their audiences and building their personal brands and in exchange we're giving them a lot of recruitment insights and career insights and so we've had about an army of 15 to 20 brand ambassadors that are regularly producing content, helping us with our YouTube shorts, helping us with our snippets, doing lots of campaigns, doing lots of repurposing of content. We know the importance of repurposing content, Dimple. You could take one episode and you can create 50 different pieces of content through that as legacy content if you really wanted to. Um, And so that was a really uh, successful thing we did was appointing good ambassadors. Now, okay, so now you have me curious. Let's talk a little bit more about these ambassadors. How does someone get an ambassador, what do you say to them? How do you get them to be an ambassador for your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is they need to get some value from it. So I would always encourage people to have a website for your podcast because that's the home. You want to have everything on that podcast. So we actually allow our brand ambassadors who are future lawyers. So they need to build their personal brands. At the moment, they're just at university. They're just finishing their training contracts. They're, They're finishing their legal studies. So they don't have as much real world experience. So what do they need to do? They need to build on their extracurricular. They need to build on their pro bono. They need to build 
build on their profile. So if they can go into their interviews and say, hey, I've been part of the Legally Speaking podcast. I was involved in helping with the production of the show. This shows that I can do X, Y, and Z in terms of taking initiative. So, And they've got experience and it's linked to the sector that they want to be part of. So whenever you're thinking about ambassadors, like what's the value they're going to get from being connected to the podcast that you can give back to them? So obviously they can use it on their LinkedIn's, on their social medias. They can be on our website. We can then also introduce them to people within the podcast community. There could be a future employer that we've had on the podcast that they can get close to. And it's an easy way for them to send them a message and say, hey, I'm one of the ambassadors. I'd love to have a call with you. So there's lots of upsides for the ambassadors being part of the podcast community that's beneficial for their careers. So that was the way we managed to get people on board. And there's the natural excitement that it was new. When we first started, it was new. It was interesting. And so people wanted to be part of it. I think that, again, that's another great strategy. And, and I think, again, what's really contributed to your success of the podcast, of it ranking in the top 2.5% podcast globally, is that you've been very strategic about it from the very beginning. And I think that's what everyone needs to do. I think before you even start or launch a podcast or even a, a new business, you really need to think about what your strategy is and how you're going to implement that strategy. And I think you've done an amazing job of that, Robert. And, and Dimple, I forgot one other point, and thank you for your kind words. And, and same to you. The one thing you should also do to help your podcast is go on other people's podcasts, like the related to the topic of influence or what you wish to be known for. Because if you go on as a guest, it's a great way for you to then bounce that podcast audience to your podcast audience. So I would encourage anyone thinking of starting a podcast to go on other podcasts related to the sector you, or area you want to be involved with before going. So I talked before about getting the two people from that society with 10,000 people. Before I went, uh, before we launched, I'd already gone on two other recruitment focused podcasts previously. So people had known that I was a part of a podcasting thing. So when I launched, um, I a, had some experience and knew how other people hosted the types of questions. And I took the bits I liked and didn't like from those experience and implemented that into my own hosting experience. And overall, I found it a lot easier having been a guest before actually starting by myself. But I would always encourage you to help your podcast grow, continuously go on other people's podcasts. Yeah, that's a great suggestion, Robert, because by doing that, you're expanding your audience, right? And you're opening yourself up to a brand new audience and vice versa. So I think, again, it goes back to collaborating together and just supporting everyone because it's about supporting each other. And I think that this way, like if you're on someone's podcast and they're on your podcast, now you have access to open yourself up to a brand new audience that you never would have had access to before. I think that's totally point on. So here's another question for you, Robert. I think naming a podcast is something that people always ask me about. They say, how do I come up with the name of my podcast? How did you initially come up with the name Legally Speaking, right? Legally Speaking Podcast. And how many names did you have to go through before you decided on this one? Like walk me through what was going through your mind at the time. 
Yeah, great question, Dimple. I said it took us a little while before we went live. The one thing you have to do is research. So you have to make sure that the name is already not already taken. So you have to go into the charts, Chartable, and the various other podcast listings to ensure that that name isn't already taken. It's fine if it's not trademark, but even if it's not trademark and if they've got an established podcast community, it's going to dilute your message and you'll probably just get known as a copycat. So we made sure we had a number of different things we were thinking about, the legal show, the legal week, anything with the word legal. And then it just came to me, legally speaking, it was just, we had a brainstorming session. We had the producer, our editor, we had an outside person who came in, who was a podcaster that I was on a guest on his show before. And we just had a brainstorming session. And we said, what do you think? What do we think? And then we just landed on legally speaking. We checked it hadn't already been taken here in the UK. And then we just went for it. So, and I think it's something that's a bit catchy. It's a bit different rather than a very serious focus to formal podcast. We didn't want anything too seriously standing because we want it to have an entertainment factor as well. And so a lot of people will see legally speaking, of course, no, it's maybe a legal focus, but other people then might be interested in it. So we're widening our reach, but it came from a brainstorming exercise and lots of research beforehand. Yeah. And I think it's a great name because it clearly defines the industry and it's, I think it's totally catchy and love it. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that, Dimple. All right. There's a lot of people that are actually thinking about launching a podcast, Robert, and I would love it if you could share what tips you have for other podcasters who are just starting out. And and even if there's something, maybe this is like a two-part question. So let's maybe start with this part first. What do you wish that you knew back when you started that you know now about podcasting? What do you wish that you're like, oh, I wish I knew that from the beginning, but you learned it from experience? Definitely where to put your podcast in terms of categories. We didn't put them in, and this is where I think you're extra strong, Dimple, and have great expertise around as well, is on the Apple rankings and the various places, you have to ensure that you're putting yourself in the right category. So for us, obviously, it's careers, but initially we started out with business, and it wasn't necessarily the right focus category for us to be doubling down on. So be super, super conscious of exactly where you want to be tailored. Obviously, it's more commonplace now, but back when we started, we didn't see it as such a thing. We didn't put as much strategic thought behind it. We just did it. And so it was a bit of a pain to change that further down the line. I would also say I wouldn't have got so bogged down in just all of the admin. I think sometimes you can overcomplicate things. I would probably wish we'd started our podcast a month or two earlier, but we just got bogged down in lots of admin, lots of information overload. And I'm a big believer, as we always say on Clubhouse, done is better than perfect, as perfect never gets done. That can never right. be more true when it comes to podcasting, because at the moment, there's podcast overload. There's a wealth of information out there. There's so many things, so many people teaching podcasting, people doing podcasting. And so it can be overwhelming. So what I would say is, look, just understand what is your message? Who is it you're trying to achieve and actually influence? And then just go for it. And you can tweak your mic. You can get better recordings. You become a better interviewer over time. But just start. Half of the battle is just starting. Exactly. Yeah. And I think once you start, everything is a learning experience. I think there are certain things you're only going to learn by actually doing them. So I think it's, it's important to start whether you feel ready or not. Because if you keep delaying launching a podcast or launching your brand or launching a new business until you feel like you're ready, it may never happen. So sometimes you just have to 
get over the fear and just do it. And when you do it, the more you do things like that, the more your brain becomes conditioned to, to overcome fear. And I think overcoming fear is one of the most important things that's required in order to be successful because fear is something that gets in the way of people's success because it can really like paralyze some people and you have to be cognizant of when you're experiencing fear to really just say, it's okay, I'm going to do this even though I'm scared because it's when you're scared, it's in those moments that when you're scared and you take action that the most amount of success comes out of moments just like that. I completely agree. And I think we have to be honest as well. Starting a podcast, people will get jealous. People will get envious. People will judge you. And you have to be okay and understanding that whilst there are so the positives far outweigh the negatives when it comes to podcasting, you're not going to win everybody over. And you're putting stuff out there. So you're putting yourself out there for judgment. But don't let that deter you because your community and the strength of your community will tell the final story. So don't let imposter syndrome or people say to you this the things people will say now is why are you starting a podcast why are you still bothering to do a podcast or why are you spending so much time on the podcast all of these things because if you know what your mission is and what your impact is and what you're trying to achieve don't let other people hold you back from stopping you starting and when you do start don't worry about any of the kind of imposter syndrome or people being critical just accept that's part of the process and don't let that hold you back yeah, I absolutely agree, Robert. And I also will say that most of the people that make those kind of comments actually know nothing about podcasting or they know Correct. nothing about marketing. And it's interesting that they're the ones who want to be so judgmental when they don't know anything about the topic. And those are what I call the naysayers. So when you launch something and you launch a podcast or maybe a YouTube channel or maybe launch a new business or maybe making Instagram reels, like you cannot care what other people say because people will always have like a judgment, right? But the only person that you should care about what you think is yourself because they're not going to be the ones paying your bills. They're not going to be the ones like that are going to be rooting you on. And there are people that will be drawn to you because of what you're doing. And those are the people that you want to invite into like what I call your home, which is basically your circle and your community. And the people that are not supportive, you really just can't take it too seriously. You just have to let it be because there's always going to be people like that. And a lot of the times too, Robert, what I've heard and noticed from a lot of people is that the people who are doing these things, they are sometimes generally friends and sometimes even family. And I think that friends, sometimes they want to interfere a little bit too much and it's really none of their business. And sometimes it's also jealousy. I think they're jealous because they don't have a podcast or they're not doing yeah. and creating everything you're creating. And then it seems to come out later, almost in a destructive way where all of a sudden they're just like out of nowhere, truly just mean to you for no reason. Right. And I think yeah. all of that is just negative energy. I advise people to not even get wrapped up in that and just keep creating, keep doing, and you know, keep doing what you need to do. The other thing I will say is that when it comes to your podcast, I wanna go back to one thing because I wanna elaborate on this question in terms of categories. And, and that's one thing you said you wish you knew back when you started. So when you first started, do you remember what category you had put your podcast in? And then did you make a change down the road? Yes, yeah, so we, we put it as a business podcast to start with. 
but we realized that obviously we wanted to be more known for careers. And so that's where we made our first fundamental um, mistake because we weren't ranking very well in business. Because obviously a lot of our content, as I mentioned earlier around our topic of influence was, was legal careers and lawyers. And so once we switched that, that was super helpful for us and improved our rankings. I don't feel like, I feel like they don't have that many categories or am I just not seeing them? Yeah, there's not as, as many. But we found, from my understanding, when I spoke to the team, once once we really focused on that and got clear that we want to be more of a careers-focused rather than business-focused podcast, that really helped us. And what do you use to track all of your rankings? Do you use Chartable or do you have any other recommendations? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Keep It Stupid Simple. Chartable does a great job. I think that's awesome. We use we also use Riverside FM to record. I think it's an amazing platform. I think it gives a good overall experience. We then use Buzzsprout, where we can look at some of more of our um, analytics in terms of the jurisdictional breakdowns, volumes of listeners, things like that. And then do you have a website that you have for your podcast? Is that through Buzzsprout or is that like like a la carte, like through WordPress on your own? Yeah, we have that through, uh, I think it's Bluehost where we have that. And then we have everything housed on there. So we have all of our shows. We have all the links to obviously all of our social medias. We have our show notes on there. We have some of our affiliates. We have our Patreon page on there. We have everything basically related to the podcast all under one one thing because we're trying to drive the traffic to that. And actually, the great thing about the legal podcast website is then that drives uh, traffic to our company legal recruitment page, which again was one of our overarching goals. So it, it's helped bounce uh, traffic to what we ultimately want, which is more more lawyers talking to us. Yeah, that makes sense. Everything's kind of connected and it comes back to all of the important offerings that you have and services. So that's amazing. I was just going to mention, you said Riverside.fm. I absolutely love Riverside as well. I think people use Zoom because they think it's free, but I really don't recommend it. And here's why is if you're interviewing a guest and their internet connection is not that good, you're going to have a really bad quality video in case you want to repurpose it for YouTube. And even the audio quality sometimes can be not so good. So Riverside.fm, the advantages of using it is that it records everything on separate tracks. So for example, I recorded a podcast interview with someone from Clubhouse like a week ago. And when I downloaded it on one track, like the audio was horrible. But then I downloaded it on separate tracks and it was way better. And okay, I'm like, good, because now maybe I can use this because the other person didn't have a microphone and maybe there's some background noise. And then the other thing is that I've noticed too with video interviews, when you download the file and it's on one track, like the guests, if their internet connection was not that good, the resolution is horrible and it's a little blurry. But then when you download it on separate tracks, it's wow. It's almost like perfect, right? So that's very powerful to me that the quality of what you put out there is important. And I think one of the things that I was going to ask you too is like what your thoughts are about like Green Room, like Spotify Green Room for using that for podcasting. Do you plan on doing any podcast episodes there in a panel format so you can record them and have those go towards your podcast or maybe even start a new podcast? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm going to launch more podcasts in the future. And I think Green Room is, is, is here to stay. And I think it's a great 
opportunity for the exact reasons you just said. And I definitely think we'll probably branch our Legally Speaking podcast onto there as well, because it's just made up for it. And Spotify is going from strength to strength. So I can see us doing a lot more of that, probably in the short term. We're going to jump on it pretty, pretty soon. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. In fact, like I was going to ask you, so I'll ask, like, we need to plan something with a couple of us and I'd love to do something there where we can record it and maybe have a panel for the legal industry or even talk about why it's important to build a personal brand and it also can help you get a job and things like that. So we'll have to talk offline about that. Also, like I'm curious to know, Robert, you've got a ton of podcast episodes and I've listened to uh, the majority of them. I think they've all been pretty amazing. But I would love to know from you, what's your favorite podcast episode for Legally Speaking podcasts? Like what's your, you know, top favorite or you could name two or three. I'd I'd love to hear what those are and make sure our audience can go check those out. So I think one for more of a novel, I'll give one from a novelty and then maybe one from another perspective. I'd say when we had Carol Baskin from Tiger King, I think that was just because I was such a Tiger King kind of fan. It was the first thing that we watched when lockdown happened. And it was just so interesting to see how different somebody is in terms of the way it's filmed on Netflix versus in real life. And that was a super cool recording, lots of fun. And I really believed in Carabaskin's mission and what she's trying to do and achieve. So that that was awesome. And then in terms of entertainment, I really enjoyed and Dimple, I think he may even be in one of your podcasts, our good friend Mark Wasserman from the Pop Brothers yeah. at War. It's hard not to be entertained by Mark, who is a top uh, criminal defense attorney. He's changing the perception of all things related to the cannabis industry. He's also an actor, entertainer, and was just thoroughly, thoroughly amusing. And we just had a laugh a minute recording. Yeah, he's such a dynamic person. And I will tell you, so I still, like that episode, I still have to edit. Because that one, I think, literally went on for an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm gonna try to keep it for like around an hour or so. But what was cool is like his brother popped in as well. So I got to interview his brother as well on part of the podcast. So, you know, it's a nice surprise because he happened to be there at the recording studio and then he came in. So I got to um, ask him a few questions as well. So definitely I'll let you know when that comes out and you can check it out. But it was fun. He's just such an amazing, dynamic guy. And what's funny, I'll tell you a funny story about that episode, Robert. So... I was telling him about Pinterest and how you can repurpose your Instagram reels and put them on Pinterest to, you know, get more traffic and get more views. And I was telling him about Pinterest has something similar to stories that you can also utilize. So literally, I'm not kidding. So Mark Wasserman, he gets on his computer and he starts talking out loud and he's looking at Pinterest and I'm kind of like, Mark, you do realize we're doing a podcast interview right now, right? Can you like do that later after after we're done recording this episode? Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's how funny, dynamic right? he is. That's how dynamic Mark is, though. He's very much, yeah. you know, he hears something yeah. that takes action on it. By the way, if you're wondering what that squeaking is, it's little Otto saying hello to you. Oh, my God. Otto, come here and say hi. If you guys don't know who Otto is. Otto is the cutest dog ever. This is Robert's dog, and I am Auntie Dimple, and he is adorable. Otto, come say hi. Otto, are you going to bark? Are you going to make a little squeak? Are you going to do a little squeak on the thing? Ah, look at you playing. Oh, there you guys go. Now I am so happy. My podcast is going to be a hit. We've got Otto on here in addition to Robert Hanna. 
Like I cannot be happier. <laughs> my weekend oh. is going to start off well. First podcast, then, Paul. It's his first podcast. He's honored. Oh my god. I know. We're going to have to get like a photo that you can send me of him. So when we promote it, we can put featuring absolutely. Robert Hanna and Otto. Yeah, for sure. That was absolutely going to happen. Yeah. And see, so you guys, this is an example right here of basically don't be afraid to show a bit of your personality, right? Like Robert has the cutest dog. And if someone else is a dog lover, they can relate to that, right? So don't be afraid to show your pets on your podcast, on your Instagram videos and in your reels and in your stories and set up a page for them. And if people think it's funny and they don't like it, that's their problem. The thing is a lot of people are doing that now. And in reality, like pets are very much like our children nowadays, right? And, and we love them. We treat them that way and they bring so much joy to our lives. So I just think it's cool because this is probably my first podcast that I've recorded with a guest and I've actually ended up having uh, a surprise guest. And I, and I did, I thought I heard something in the background. And so see Otto, Otto saying, thank you, Auntie Dimple for putting me on your podcast. I want to be a marketing specialist too, an expert when I grow up and I want to have a podcast just like my daddy that's in the top two and a half percent. <laughs> that's it. That's it. He's, he's coming for me. He's coming for me. Yeah, I bet he is. And then going back to Mark Wasserman, like one of the things that I love about him though, in that story, in that example of him doing the podcast, like getting on and actually searching on Pinterest is that he is an implementer. If you, if he learned something new, he does not waste time. He takes action on it immediately. And I really admire that, Robert. I think one of the characteristics of successful people is that they don't just sit on an idea, they implement it. Because if you don't implement your idea, someone else is going to steal that idea from you. And then you're going to be like, oh, well, I thought of it first. Well, it doesn't matter. You can go ask all my friends who are IP lawyers and they'll tell you, well, did you use it anywhere? Did you put it out there publicly? Did you promote it? No. So I just think it's really important to implement and it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm sure when you first started your podcast, things weren't perfect. And as you went through many episodes, the more that you did podcast interviews and the more that you were a podcaster, I'm pretty sure like more that things just improved and improved and you learned from your experiences, right? Yeah. You, you grow into it. Nobody is ever a, a sort of super duper host from the start some people are and some people have been on radio and some people have been public speakers and some people are used to that but if you're you've had none of that experience it does not matter you will grow into it my biggest advice is be prepared know about the guests that you have coming on so you can show really informative questions because the art of a good podcast host is asking the right questions to get the best out of their guests so the guest has had a light shine on them and if you can master that art then you'll be super super successful so yes i must say it's something I've grown into and was by no means a natural from the start whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and Robert, speaking of that, I've known you now for, wow, like six months. Yeah, I've known you for six months now. And I've just seen you grow professionally and evolve. And, and you're more than just a CEO and you're more than just a podcaster. I mean, you are like getting yourself into so many things and you're learning about so many new things. I want to talk a little bit about other things that you've been up to. I know you're into cryptocurrency and, and so many other things. Tell us a little bit more about what else like you're doing in your spare time or what else you're excited about. 
Yeah, and I'm with people who's forever curious. And so I, I invest in, in businesses as, as, as well. And one of those is a recruitment mentoring platform. But the one thing I'm excited about, which I think a lot about Dimple as well, is, is the emergence of the creator economy. And to the fact now that it's possible for people to even have their own digital cryptocurrency. So yes, I've been studying emerging technology probably for the last sort of five or six years. I got into blockchain and Bitcoin around 20, 2015, and it's been a really interesting experience. I just adopt the dollar cost averaging strategy when it comes to investing because I don't have enough time to study the markets day in, day out, but I'm fascinated right. in the world of crypto. I am a believer in crypto. I'm a believer in the emergence of creator coins and that becoming more commonplace and being able to build out communities um, and being able to reward your community. So yeah, I'm forever studying and forever looking at the future. And look, this is how we've got connected. I'm a big believer in social audio. You know, that's quite emerging. Some people may need ever have heard of Clubhouse or Green Room, particularly Green Room. That's only two right. weeks old, I believe. So right. big advocate of getting on things early, learning as I go. I'm by no means an expert when it comes to social audio, but I'm learning every day. I'm absorbing information. I'm trying to master my craft because I think if we recorded some of our rooms when we first started Dimple, probably the way that I, I answered questions and communicate would be nowhere near the level sort of five, six months on. But the main thing is just jump on the, the app, get out of your comfort zone and get speaking, get building connections and good things happen. So I, I'm, I'm a rather curious person. I always like to be at the forefront of things and not be left behind as demonstrated by my podcast. Now my competitors, I almost giggle when I see them finally setting one up because it makes me feel, okay, I definitely did the right thing. I was just two, three years early. Yeah, I love that because I'm noticing a common theme amongst a lot of my friends and people that I've met on Clubhouse in terms of what contributes to their success. And the common theme I'm seeing is like a lot of them are really just into educating themselves further and always continuing to learn more and more and absorb information and then take that information and, and grow with it and implement and so I think that's, again, one of the things that can really contribute to one's success, like always be open-minded to new things, be open-minded to learn new things, be open-minded to try new things and be open-minded to do things that scare you. You're not trying hard enough because when you're doing things that scare you, that's when you know that you're really working hard at whatever it is that you're doing. You have to do things that scare you. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I learned a lot from you, Dimple. I learned you were telling us about Answer the Public and how you can use that. And that's a great thing people should definitely do when thinking about their podcast for titles of episodes in terms of SEO ranking, searchability, all of those. So all those little things that you pick up from people as you get into a community and meet people can really help you improve. So yeah, I absolutely agree. You never want to be in the room where you know everything. And that's what I like particularly about Clubhouse. I go in the rooms and I'm typically the least qualified in that room and I'm happy about that because I know I'm winning I'm taking away knowledge that's going to help me improve yeah I totally agree with you I love that and I think that's what it's about com completely this has been so amazing I feel like there's been so much value provided to our audience and I think that this is going to really help a lot of people who are you know, curious, what does it really take to build up a successful podcast? And you shared some very actionable strategies that people can take and they can implement. I'd love to hear from you in terms of how everyone can get in touch with you, like on Clubhouse, your website, your social media handles, 
and if there's any exciting events or anything you have coming up that you wanted to invite the audience to. Uh, thank you, Dimple. You're far too kind. Firstly, if anyone wants to know more about the Legally Speaking podcast, you can go to our website, which is legallyspeakingpodcast.com. If you want to reach out to me, I am on various social media handles. My clubhouse handle is just at Rob Hanna. Happy to connect with you and chat there. I'm also big on LinkedIn, so you can find me, Robert Hanna. And I'm on Instagram, which is Rob underscore law underscore KC. And yes, ultimately, if you want to know more about podcasting, feel free to drop me an email just to info at legallyspeakingpodcast.com and happy to answer any questions and help if we can there. The team will funnel that email to me and I'll make sure I apply personally. You are so gracious. You are absolutely gracious. And this has been so delightful having you on my podcast. I'm super excited to have this go out into the world. And I hope to have you on my other podcast as well, which is the legal one when we have time. So we'll definitely do that as well. And Robert, I will see you, I'm sure, on Clubhouse today. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Dimple. You're one of the kindest, caring people. You definitely put others first. And I, you know, I almost tell you off as a friend sometime. I was like, Dimple, you're almost too kind. You do so much for so many other people. But it's been a real honor, privilege, and pleasure being part of your podcast. I support everything you do. I think you're amazing. You're one of the kindest, sweetest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. So uh, it's been an absolute joy recording with you. And I hope your listeners got value from today. Oh, thank you so much, Robert. You're so sweet. And you can do me a favor and you can give Otto a big hug from Auntie Dimple. And you can post a cute photo on his page or your page over the weekend. And I will be sure that I will comment because every time I see a new photo of Otto, it makes me happy. Everybody go follow Otto on Instagram as well. Otto is Robert's dog. That is the cutest dog ever. I'm just going to let you guys go do that. All right, Robert, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for everything. And we will see you on Clubhouse or we'll see you next time on my other podcast. Thank you, Dimple. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode. And also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is marketing expert and also join her mesmerizing marketing club also on clubhouse for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing.